from the saddle. Produced by Caitlin Hewitt and Joseph Maloney. Owned and operated by Hewitt Consulting and Communications. All rights reserved. From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications. Specialising in rural business and marketing design. Find them on Facebook and Instagram. From the saddle. I just need to take five and just go away and recover. <laughs> Not even high pressure. I don't know the word to describe it. <laughs> From the Saddle. Today, we welcome back Jay Hall. Scott and I are privileged again to, to have Jay on the line. We feel that we only got a bit of a glimpse of, of the Jay Hall story in our first interview and, and Jay spoke so wonderful that we didn't actually get a chance to dive into, I guess, the information that we could have. So thank you for joining us again, Jay. Yeah, pleasure, Caitlin and Scotty. Okay, mate. Uh, so my first uh, request, Jay, is like that photo you put on Facebook that time. You, you've got you're driving a road train. There's about four carriages, twenty horses, bulls, chooks, <laughs> ducks, a bulldozer. Kids. There was kids, kids. on there too. Can there was you, probably a goat. A goat used to come <laughs> everywhere with us. Well, can I just say, from a man's point of view, can you please not show those photos because <laughs> when I'm struggling to reverse parallel my ute in the main street <laughs> and my wife's having to back me in, um, I, I feel I feel a bit demasculated. <laughs> so, uh, and Ben usually rings up about ten minutes before I'm ready to go. Can you just hook the third trailer on? Oh it won't take me God. more than ten minutes to back those other two onto that third trailer. Oh You're a good woman, I tell you what. So, Jay. I mean, did you grow up sort of learning to do that or did you, has it just kind of happened over time because it's had to happen? Um, no, I grew up a fair bit doing it, I guess. I When I went to the territory, I don't know, I think I was 18 or something then and, and um, Bunda was about nine hours from town and it was like, well, here, get in the truck, take the show cattle to um, Alice Springs and... Uh, um, town, I mean in Catherine, so we still had a long way then to go to Alice Springs and mm. there was a fair bit of responsibility just um, put onto me then and and uh, it sort of, um, yeah, Dad always said to us, um, if you see something that needs doing, do it and if you have a go, it's better than sitting back and not having a go. So, But then, with Ben never being home either, people say, well, h- how do you do it? Well, you've just got to do it. There's not mm. much... There's not much um, when, when he needs his 20 workhorses up there and bulls are sold and not going to do them on three different trips. So just hook it up and, and deal with it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Got to yeah. be done. Resilient people. Yeah. So the picture I'm looking at on Facebook, I think you've even got guinea fowls tucked in there. Oh, yeah, you never know what you're going to find in the dog box. <laughs> we, we went to a camp draft once and got all set up and everything and then uh, at about half past four, a rooster started crowing <laughs> and Ben's like, is that us? And I said, well, of course it's us. Who else would it be? Who in the camp draft would come with a rooster? And, of course, Madison had taken roosters to sell and Ben had got there after we'd set up and we were all good to go and the rooster was quiet until it came to nearly daylight and um, it uh, it nearly drove Marcus Kerr mad all weekend, but, um, which was quite funny. But uh, she sold the roosters and was all pleased with herself. But, yeah, Ben was like, is that us? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, what's a good rooster run you these days? <laughs> Oh, she sells them from twenty to fifty dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, she's an entrepreneur. Yeah, we got frizzles. There's every sort of you. There's every sort of blooming rooster on this place. Oh, terrific, mate. So the funny thing that I find about Jay, Jay Hall, we see this this cable lady that can work like a man, but then you can go inside somehow in this spare time that I'm not sure that you have and make a bronze statue. Mm, I just got one. 
Did you? Yeah. Yeah, Jay just did a statue for us as a gift for her 60th birthday and she did it from a photo, the actual photo that has branded from the saddle. Yes, yep. yes, I noticed that. Well, let's, yes. let's delve into this. How, where and why did you become a bronze sculpture? I always, Eddie Hackman, um, I always admired his work and uh, I think I was the first girl ducks or something at Longreach Pastoral College and... They used to give, like, man things because a man had only ever got the ducks of the Longreach Pastoral College. So uh, Mr. Hodges came to me and he said, well, what, um, of course, you're the first girl ducks. What would you like as a prize? And I said, oh, I'd actually love one of Eddie Hackman's bronzes. And, uh, and, um, and of course, they nearly fell over at the price of it. But Eddie was an absolute master craftsman. He's... Um, eye for detail and uh, anyway so I yep got that was cool and um and got that and then I actually rang old Eddie who was an old eccentric and uh, lived in his shed on the edge of Rockhampton and um no I didn't actually ring him first his daughter came through she was working for some people that called into Kaiwara going to the territory to show cattle and um she called in and I said oh does your dad ever does your dad ever take on anybody to teach his skill? And she said he was an old man then, and she said nobody's ever, ever gone to him. He won't teach anyone old. He reckons you can't teach old people. And But I, was, I wasn't very old then, and I said, well, do you think he'd, um, you know, take me on? And she said, yep, just give him a call. So I called him, and then that's, yeah, I think then I went to America and New Zealand and Territory and somewhere else and came back. And anyway, I went and had a month with him, and... Uh, yeah, he was a month. It takes a month for you to cast a bronze. Mm. That's, oh, really? without the, that's without the sculpting. The sculpting is the the sculpting's the real artistic part, I suppose. Um, the sculpting of the wax, because you sculpt it out of wax first, and then you make a rubber mould, and that's your mould of your of your. You can make multiples of it then, and then once you've got your wax in your in your formation, that's when you make a like a concrete cast around it, you melt your wax out, pour your bronze in, that's in pretty, and then patina and sandblast and all that sort of thing. And so, so the casting alone takes a month. So I always keep stuff here on the shelf because people don't realise that and they'll ring up before something and say, can we have something next week? And it's physically impossible. And uh, I went to Eddie for the month and didn't cost me a thing, just lived there, worked in his foundry, uh, made the old original Rio that was my first ever bronze. He said, you make a plain, simple horse mm. and you can always go from there. You can add a saddle to it and make another mould. You can add a saddle and a bridle. You can then cut his legs off and, you know, change the slope of his shoulder, change his hip, make him canter, add a beast to it, make another mould. But if, and so you, you build off the, the one horse? Yeah. Well, you can do. You can save making your whole horse all over again, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, um, you can uh, – and your horses, like Eddie's horses are little sort of fat ponies. Um, you know, Mary Pinson's horses were real thoroughbred types, mine are the Rio types, I guess. And then, But then I've got other different horses as well. But that old original Rio, he went on then to be a camp draft, a, a cutting horse, I think he even turned into a broodmare at one stage. Like, it's still a lot of work, but you've just got your base, barrel, withers, you know, hips, neck, and you can, um, I use a soldering tool and um, chop it and change it. And uh, 
I never do frogs and lizards and stuff like that. I had someone wanted me to do a golfer last year and I just bailed up. I only do station stuff that I know yeah. um, and interested in. And oh, to be honest, it's um, it's gone a bit berserk and it is hard to keep up with it now. Like just with the two places, the two kids, 30 broodmares, stud, bookwork for all of that, it's I'm... <laughs> I threaten every year to give up the bronzes and then someone asks for another one, so I'm going harden up and go again. But it's, it, it is getting hard to keep up with it. I've got a friend in Toowoomba that um, does do some casting for me or else I just simply couldn't keep up. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to art at school, like, are you are you very artistic, like a good drawer, or was this something you were just interested in? Well, Eddie used to – I always I loved Eddie's creations. That was all station work, I suppose. You know, he always did um, did horses and ringers, and and uh, and that was what I was interested in. And Eddie used to make – he was so, so on the detail, he used to make you just draw just the hock of the horse or just the eye of the horse. You know, you just can draw a general horse, and, and uh, you cannot get that absolute – eyelid detail or the or the curve of his hock or something like that but I don't draw anything now I just sculpt it but if I had more time I might draw it but I'd yeah I'd never get them done otherwise but yeah I just really like I like that you can create anything Scotty you can start on one and I can have a wax started here for I've got a wax started here I think I started in June for the polo cross championships um, in Inverell next year, next July. Thank God they got put off to July because I was going to have trouble getting them done as it was. But, you know, you can just, you can start on a wax and you can put it away and, and, and go back to it. And, and um, it, it might be better if it actually melted in between because then I'd have to actually keep going with it. But, um, yeah, I just always like that you can, you can create anything, anything you want to create. And, and I, I don't know, I love the bronze medium. Eddie went into pewter and stuff a bit. But I just don't feel that the pewter has the same effect as the bronze, really. Mm. Yeah, right. no, I think it's an amazing talent and uh, it's a timeless thing, isn't it, when you when you have like a, a bronze sitting on your table. So I just love to know where this spare time comes from, Jay. And, <laughs> uh, and you, you touched on the 30-odd the broodmares. Um, you and Ben have been, you know, obviously um, enjoying a, a great wave of success with your homebred horses, which is a, an achievement all in itself. Yeah, yeah, I love um yeah, there's a lot to the there's a lot, Scotty, as you know, to the um just the care of thirty broodmares, um, breeding. Um, but yeah, that our home well he's we've got mares here that go back on his family line and well the Rio well, Elder Rio now, what's that, the fourth generation of my family line, um, that we've um that we're breeding and uh there's a there's one mare there that we, we she's six generations of my family line, and up until up until these last two, they're all open mares. Um, but yeah, it's I get a I get a kick out of um, out of the breeding, and then there's we sell a lot as um, handled weaner foals, uh, and um, because I mean after that, well then once you break them in, it's not just the breaking in, it's the work and everything, and then getting them to a sale. I, I like selling them as it's still. I've still got to handle them, of course, and everything, but there's a whole lot less work in that, and you can pick and choose who they go to, and there's a lot of work goes into Ben always takes three to Tamworth every year. But get a lot of satisfaction out of those ones where you're riding the ones where you've ridden them, you know, the mothers, drafted the mothers, and, and even down to the grandmothers now. So uh, it's a business, you know, um, the horses, but it, it's a lot of work as well. Yeah. And in times like this now, like... 
you know, everyone wants early folds, but out here we're as dry as all heck now. And so any of our broodmares with folds now, they're all on hay. So if they're not foaling sort of till December, January, well, um, we're hopefully a little bit closer to rain and a dry mare like a dry cow, you know, we always um, um, control mate the cattle as well so as you can get your weaners off and, you, and you're just looking after a looking after a cow that's in calf uh, takes a whole lot easier to look after than a, a cow with a bigger calf on it. Mm, that's right. So Jay, Ben's, you know, Ben's away from home a fair bit. You, you've become, I guess, the forefront of, of home. We touched on the kids and their capability at such a young age. I'm, you know, again, just looking at the photos on your Facebook, you know, wired on the grader towing you and, and, and that must make your heart really sing. It's a big responsibility raising kids. Like Ben's still not home now. Uh, he might get home next week and then come January he goes away drafting, gone to Tamworth and then he goes in March usually contract mustering and then he's gone again till he gets back for Warwick. And the kids, um, I worry about Wyatt with his lack of, you know, man support or whatever. But And oh, I go crook because sometimes I think, Oh, far out! I'm not doing a good job of raising these kids. They'll, they'll bloom and leave a plate not washed up or their bed not made or something. But then, like this last month, it's just been the kids and I here on the two plate, the two places. We got 500 kilometres in between. They we've mustered everything and got um, any of the late weaners off. A lot of the, a lot of the cows at Kaiwara were late having calves last year after the floods, and so. Um, We've just picked our days and um, done our must, done our musters. The cattle are caught, and you know we've 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 branded sixty calves here last week. The two kids and I, uh, Wyatt does the head, and I do the cradle and the branding, and Madison does the back leg and bringing them up, and and um, and then they go on lick runs. Yesterday they were checking fences, and then when you take a step back and sort of take a bit of a reality check, you think, oh, they that they are good kids, and they're um. You got to remember too. I think that they are kids, mm. and sometimes I can put a lot of responsibility. I suppose um, they, they drove cattle out and down to the neighbours yesterday in the truck to take cattle back, and and Wyatt said something about like, oh, I needed something taken to Mudaburra, and he said, oh well, I'll run it in there. I said, you can't run it in there, <laughs> like yeah, like but you know they sort of um, they forget yeah. their kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to, got to sometimes just let them be kids and, yeah. I guess, Jay, like in the in the first interview, um, I think Scott asked you about, you know, what advice would you give to the the 16-year-old girl sitting on a horse? Um, and you very humbly said just, you know, everyone makes mistakes and, and you know, stop putting so much pressure on yourself and, and stop, I guess, um, putting pressure on how you look and, and what you look like and all that sort of stuff. And... I think from an outside looking in, you know, we see Jay Hall and, you know, many other women that are capable, strong women, but just like anyone else, you have your struggles. Every day is not a good day. Um, you know, you make mistakes in and out of the camp draft arena and you got a lot on your plate. Like if we break it down, uh, being a mum on its own is a tough gig and then obviously running the two places in between that and, you know, the horses alone, like there's there's three, well, there's four if you throw in the bonds thing there as well. So, Well, then the stud cattle as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, 
that's that's a job in itself. We sell about 300 bulls a year. Mm. And that's the thing. It's hard to, well, I'm not going to give up the kids. And uh, it's hard to sort of give any anything up, really. But then, yeah, sometimes on those bad days, you nearly think, oh, God, something's got to give. Someone once described it to me as, say, you, you, you're juggling bulls. There's glass balls and plastic balls. You, you've got to work out which one your plastic balls are and let that one drop so then you can yep. keep juggling your glass ones. And you would be, you know, it would be no exception. What You know, you might walk in at 8 o'clock at night and think, I'm going to get dinner on the table. That bronze is going to have to wait. That's that plastic ball for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That prioritising, um, yeah, you've just got to... Um, well, yeah. I would say Jay Hall would be a master juggler then. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's what someone said to me once. God, you've got a lot of balls in the air. And, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it hadn't really occurred to me, really. Yeah, you just went on autopilot. You're on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. So tell us about the stud cattle, mate. Is that a daily thing, um, you know, after better cattle, better genetics, or was that something you sort of did off on your own? I'd started that, uh, mum and dad had a stud at Kaiwara, had Brahmins, and um, when I was a teenager, I'd, from all the day work, I'd saved up 10 grand, which was a lot, and there was a financial advisor at home, and uh, he said to me, oh, you should put that into shares, you only need to do 10 minutes every morning on the computer, and um, and I think 10 minutes every morning on the computer, I'm, I was flat out getting near a computer, and um, you know, to manage your shares and I thought oh far out that'd be the first way I'd go broke if it was up to me to manage it on the computer so um I said to him I said oh, I'm going to put that in I'm going to buy a stud heifer and of course you can imagine what a financial advisor thought about that but um <laughs> anyway I did I bought this um, lovely grey stud heifer off Kenroll and embryoed her um and mainly their embryoing was to get more on, you know, because cattle, when you embryo, they're not like horses, you cattle, you embryo them, you can get them and you might get three, you might get 10, you might get 16, you might get 30 calves in one flush. Mm. Um, depends on, on everything, but, but uh, I went ahead and did a few embryos programs with her just to mainly, you know, have more to sell rather than just plugging along at one a year and trying to get my money back and I ended up... Um, Ended up breeding a bull out of her called Tarzan, a grey bull by V eight one eight nine in the states. He was, and uh, he was a great, great bull for us. We ended up we've got ninety cows out there by old Tarzan, and um, they're fertile. They've got good udders. They're um, they're just they stand out. Um, the progeny, and um, we've got. I used to sell bulls through sales, and. Um, in the end, you know, you'd be keeping your best ones for the sales. People would be wanting to come and you say, well, you can't, you know, you can't have them. They go, now, you know, I just sell everything in the paddock and we've got, we've knocked back two people already. Now we're down to number of wieners. So I'm hoping that they're going to grow fast because I think we've got orders for about 130 bulls for next year already. And um, it's satisfying when you get repeat buyers coming back. We've got a lot of poly bulls, reds and greys. And... Um, I'm fussy on temperament. It's the kids and I that, that do all the work with them. So, um, you know, the kids are getting a bit bigger now. But still, it's the first thing people look for. When they come to buy herd bulls pretty well, they want to be able to walk into the yard and nothing chases them or runs away. Mm. And and that wild bull will be the first one that will let you down anyway. He'll be the one, you know, <laughs> someone will arrive in a skirt or a kid that cries up the mm. top rail or something and, you know... Uh, the, the, we've got stud cattle here and Kaiwara, 
Um, I suppose Kaiwara is probably more accessible for people to get to. A lot of times I'll cart bulls over there and top Kaiwara up sort of thing with bulls over there and people. But I always like to be at Kaiwara when people come there to buy bulls just to... I don't want to get too big to where you lose that personal touch. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you don't know what, what you're breeding over there sort of thing. Mm. So. so, Jay, it doesn't sound like there's much time for holidays and downtime. Do you ever get away or, or what do you and the kids and, and Ben class as a holiday? Is it Warwick? Is it, you know, the, the oh, Triple Crown? God, Warwick's no holiday. No. Nah. It's not. Um, I don't know where a holiday would be. Um, you know, I don't get to go to Tamworth because... Um, it's usually kids are starting school and well, this next year Whitey will be starting boarding school and I'm, we use, well, a lot of times we're still dry here and um, it's a hard time to get away at Tamworth. Well, for me it is. Um, and Ben always goes about two weeks early, goes to drafts and stuff. So um, we went on a honeymoon. I think that was about 17 years ago, <laughs> four days. Where was the honeymoon? <laughs> um, I think it was Hamilton Island. Yeah, yeah. Have you been back to the beach since, mate? I hate the beach. <laughs> I hate swimming. I'd rather run around a waterhole and swim across it. I used to take my kids to swimming lessons once a week. I used to drive 400 kilometres to and from Longreach. And um, the best thing about it was when I didn't have to get in the pool with that child. Yep. They could actually swim to the edge on their own. Yep. So, no, I don't think of When my grandmother was alive, she only died in March this year, I used to take the kids to Townsville for Madison's birthday in November for the weekend religiously every year, mainly mainly to see Nonna and to get the kids away for a weekend. And um, so I suppose that was nearly classed as a holiday, but a fair bit of driving and stuff, mm. or seven hours driving there. Yeah, so, I'll um, tell you what, you, you northern people are just resilient when it comes to distance. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've gathered that oh. too, hey. It's just what um, you got to do, so you do it. You don't oh think about God. it. I'm going to drive 40 k's to take my kids to footy training. It. Yeah. It's enough. When I first moved to theatre, I struggled with the two and a half hours to Rocky, and now I'll travel 10 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. you get used to it. Yeah, you do. We've got 100K here at Dirt, and people like, oh, they just think we live in the sticks. And, like, <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, it's nothing, eh? But I tell you what, you get, when, like you say, it's what you get used to. When COVID was on, you are probably, you know, you were real happy to be where you were. I thought COVID was awesome, actually. I just, I know it sent a lot of people broke and everything, but, oh, it just gave me time to breathe. breathe. We haven't hardly yeah. seen Ben all year because no drafts, so yeah. he didn't come home. He, we didn't go to drafts. So yeah. it, um, but, you know, I'd, I always, school's a priority for me with the kids. I always try and wait till school's finished before I leave to go to a draft. So by the time you've loaded 20 horses and head to a draft or head to, even to Kaiwara, and you'd be getting to Kaiwara Friday night at 10 o'clock at night. And, and um, this year, I'd, you know, Friday night, and we'd get up on Saturday and go yeah. to Kaiwara just because you didn't have that draft in the middle that you'd have, you'd go to or something. You just you just had more time. and But, like, I thought, too, that I'd get a lot more done, and I, I still haven't accomplished things that I thought I would get done this year. But, holy heck, the last half of the year's gone fast. It has, hasn't it? So did you do yep. anything during COVID that you wouldn't normally? Like, a, no. you know, some people sort of, I don't know, took on a new hobby or something like that. Like, clearly um, you don't have the time, but... No, I didn't have any more hobbies. I still didn't get all the bronzes done. I wanted to get done. Up. Just slowed probably, down, yeah. I just, I just took more 
time to get things done. I get like I can function on a little, not very much sleep. And I think Wyatt got me pretty well tuned up for that. He never slept once <laughs> through the night for the first twelve months of his life. And um, yeah, he had me pretty. Um, he had me pretty sort of good to go with not a lot of sleep. But yeah, it just I could uh, take more time handling folds instead of having to do ten in one day. I'd do five today and five tomorrow, sort of thing. And then and then. I just had more time to play football with White, go for rides with Madison. Madison and I, I love riding young horses and um, I keep all my young horses here and I ride them myself and I, Madison has her young horses and, yeah, we'd go riding her young horses together and we just, I suppose, because I'm always guilty, you know, when your kids come to you and say, have you got time to do this, Mum? And you mm. think, heck, yeah. I'm... The parent I'm, guilt, yeah. Yeah, I've got to... When they're asking you if you've got time to spend time with them to do something, well, um, you need to take that time. So I did. I took that time mm. and uh, and it was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, Jay, I reckon, you know, in years to come, those kids are going to be looking back and appreciating exactly what you're doing and, and it's, you know, goodness me, it's, it's nothing short of, you know, Pretty amazing, pretty I tell amazing. you. Yeah. <laughs> they said to me the other day, I don't know what, we were fixing a fence out there, and they said to me, Mum, Mum, when we, like, get married and leave or whatever, who's going to help you? And I said, oh, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, maybe one of you might stay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was, it's funny, eh, what goes through their little minds. They're constantly thinking, and and uh, Madison would love to go and run Kaiwara, but... Um, she needs to well. She needs to finish school first, and then she needs to um, go and work for somebody else for a while. And yep. um, it's a good place to raise kids. To get kids, people think that you're out here and in the middle of nowhere. And they, but um, I think you can only you can't do anything to really get confidence. It comes with time and patience, encouragement. And I think. Yeah, yep. mm. experience doesn't come in a bottle, does it? No, no, no. Well, Jay. Another reason why I thought it was really important to catch up again is to really shine the light on that, you know, things aren't as easy as they often seem and and hopefully that there are men and women listening to this going, holy crap, if she can do it, I can do it. So, um, yeah, we really thank you for your time and and we know that it's it's a, quite a tight schedule. Thank you. Yeah, no, I reckon I've always, always said, well, if you... If you don't give it a go, you never know, do you? So That's right, yeah. Have a go, have a go. Yeah, yep. well, you're definitely mm-hmm. a leader, Jay, and uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, and wish you and all your family the best, mate. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate you finding the time to talk. Thank you. Our pleasure, Jay. Thank all you. The best. See you. Thanks, hey. Caitlin. Thanks, Scotty. Bye. Bye. From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications. Specialising in rural business and marketing design, find them on Facebook and Instagram.